This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right. Good morning, everyone. Bill Rollin along with AJ Carson coming in for Chelsea and Jinx today. Did you survive? Your first non-football weekend. We'll get into a lot of stuff on today's show with KJ. And uh, KJ, we'll just start it right there. Not a ton as far as gambling goes to talk about today. We'll get into a lot of different stuff. Look at a whole bunch of things that happened over the weekend. But how, KJ, did you survive the first weekend without NFL football in, what, five, six months now? withdrawal it you know and i don't mean to make light of those who go through withdrawal but i am a former smoker and i felt like the day that i'd stopped quitting i felt like i was laying on the floor and kicking and grabbing my stomach and drinking a bunch of water that's just how i felt emotionally inside so my father and i talk about this all the time it's just like man like it's kind of like man you know like football is almost over right so there's kind of a little mini bit of just kind of sadness that sets in and now in years gone by, it used to be a competitive Pro Bowl. I think one of my favorites is when the late Sean Taylor just absolutely nailed the kicker on a return, like just to like make sure there's, there's still some competition going. Even that's gone by the wayside. So I even kind of missed the old Pro Bowl. I would have watched it yesterday if it had been played in its old ways. So I'm in football withdrawal for sure. And uh, I did okay, but it still felt pretty tough in the chest. Yeah, it was wild. I was hanging out with some friends yesterday and the conversation at some point turned to the NBA All-Star game and everything else. And one of my friends went, was the Super Bowl just a week ago? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was just a week. And they're like, it seems like a lot longer than that. And that's what I was like, that's somebody who's really going through football withdrawal, no doubt. (laughs) Their last name is Jonesen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, you can't even remember that the Super Bowl was just a week ago. You are really desperate for some football. So yeah. didn't have any football to bet on over the weekend, but let's uh, quick run down and review the bets from the weekend. Uh, Chelsea on Friday, Toledo minus five and a half versus Ohio. Toledo ended up winning that game 85-83, but unfortunately did not cover. She has really just been snake bitten with close losses here as of late. Jinx chickened out on Friday, KJ. He didn't have an official bet. He went with the lean. We all kind of made fun of him, but we understood he was going to have a three-day weekend. He wanted to go out with a winning record. And, of course, we told him, your lean's going to hit. You're going to be disappointed. It did hit. He had had the hockey bet on the three-way money line, Hurricanes (laughs) beating the Coyotes. Got the dub there, but it didn't matter because it's only a lean. And the Donster, for some reason, went to the Premier League 
The English pre- who's betting? On- you know it's football desperation when you're I, betting on the English football. KJ, it's my it's one of my best bets today. Premier League. Hey, don't oh sleep. I understand, Donkey. I understand, Donkey. I'm with you. I could be a donkey yeah. sometimes too. <laughs> he went with Chelsea, Manchester City at Man City on the money line. Unfortunately, that ended in what? a one-one draw. Yeah, he took Man City on the money line minus two ninety-three. Oh. Did not come home. As okay, it ended in I get draw. it. I, I might yeah. have an idea who the doxter might really be <clears throat> in the upper hierarchy. Who would take Man City? Okay, okay over. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'll stop right there. But we might there know who go. that donkey was on that one. And uh, yeah, also had Brown at Princeton, Princeton Lane, 12 and a half. Almost got that one. Princeton wins it by nine. It was a late three that actually cut it from 12 to nine. Still wouldn't have covered had they missed it, but still a tough one for the Donkster. He goes 0 and 2. So for the week, Chelsea finished at 500, 3 and 3. Jinx had a winning record, 5 and 4. The Donkster, after a couple of red hot weeks, was terrible last week at just 3 and 7. So we will try to do better later on today when we give our best bets out. At 840. All right, KJ. You got to mm. talk about it. Everybody was watching or not last night. And I would put myself in the not category. After about 15 minutes, I punched <laughs> out. I admit I punched out. I had to be up early to do the show. Yep. And I can't do it. Talking about the NBA All-Star game. The East beats the West 211 to 186. The East Plus 115 on the money line. If you were betting on it, they plus two and a half. If you took the points and over, over 352 by a large amount, please, KJ, tell me what you thought of this debacle of an all-star game. So first, it said that the game started at 8 p.m. Okay, cool. Check in about 8.15. I figured they'd finish all their niceties. No. Turn back at 8.30. Figured they'd finish with all their niceties. No. So now, like you, I'm thinking, I got to get up at 5-something tomorrow morning for this show. I watched the first 15 minutes. I saw Tyrese Hallerbeat Burton go on that little hot streak for a second and then went to bed. And then when I – and then, okay, and then I came – I checked back again around halftime, right? So in the bed watching on my phone. Oh, yeah, the East has scored 104 in the first half. I was like, what is the point? And here's the thing. When you have a score of 211-186, there's – it's a secret way of telling you that you really, the players really don't care about competing, right? Because with this new elevated score, the matching score that you have to get to, I mean, if you're down by day going 25 points, what, what are you going to make the number to, you know, the, the, the first team that gets to the next 15, like, so this is why I have, I'm with you a bit. I really can't watch the all-star game just because if it gets out of hand like this, it becomes even less watchable. And on top of that, we've had a lot of bad dunk contests. The three-point contests have been so-so. You know, the all, you know, the, the the celebrity game, it's kind of different now because we're not really seeing celebrities all of a sudden. I mean, you can see them all the damn time. So All-Star Weekend, I think, has to be a bit reimagined. And I, I'd love to be on that committee if it pays. But to have a game 211-186 doesn't benefit anybody. Like, like who doesn't take the over on this, right? Like, who doesn't take the over? Well, that was the wild part about it is during the week we had talked about it. it opened the, the, the total opened at like 360 and a half or somewhere around mm. there and dropped 
all during the week. And then it ends up exploding and finishing to nearly 400 total points in this game. It, it finished at 397. So it smashed the over. Right. And I get it. I mean, I, you know, I, I see people on Twitter and everybody's talking about, oh, this is such an incredible display of shooting. And I'm like, these guys are basically in an open gym. Nobody's getting <laughs> a hand in the face. They're not having to even run off screens. You better believe the best players in the world should be able to knock down shots like they were knocking down yesterday in the All-Star game. Or there's a problem. Yeah, I, I might. You might as well say if you're gonna have NBA All Star games like this, just have it sponsored by the YMCA, right? Because this is literally what you saw was just open gym. <laughs> you know, I, you know, we know pro players. You put them in a gym setting, they'll take a hundred shots from twenty out and won't miss any of them. You put them in a pro setting, that may drop down to twenty percent depending on a hand in the face. I want to see a little bit of a hand in the face. Like if Bam Adebayo's taking open threes, that's not a shooting display. That's letting you know that nobody's checking anybody. I get not wanting to get hurt, but ask Kobe Bryant how he felt when Dwayne Wade came down with the elbow in his face in an all-star game. And that's not a long time ago, right? So there, I want to see some competition. I will say this, boy, did the West look a bit old in the tooth. It was just like, whoa, wait. LeBron looked about a half step slower. Jokic is already a half step slower. Doncic's pretty much jogs up and down the court. So that made it even a little bit less exciting is here you've got one side of the court where these dudes are just kind of walking up the 24-second shot clock while the other guys are just going, so, you know, I'd love, if you're going to have a game like this, put them in their home and away uniforms. Like, I get making more it used to help sell razors at one time, the Gillette, you know, all, all-star all halftime game presented to you by Gillette and the Schick razors on the front or what have you. No, get them to wear their city connects or something like that because I get where you're trying to connect the young and the old and the, the, the nostalgia of the game. But if you're going to have a game like this, man, at least want me to have, go buy a, a Tatum jersey, city connect jersey or, or a littler jersey or something. There's a bunch of guys in red and blues. Yeah, it mean, but they at least they went back to the old style East versus West yeah. instead of the I was and again cranky old man yelling at Cloud. I get it. I didn't like Team LeBron and Team Giannis or whatever they were doing with the you know Team Durant where you would have the draft it made no sense to me. But of course, we yeah. grew up AJ, you and I of East versus West, and it was always that type of All Star game. Bird right. Magic, Kareem Parrish, all that stuff that went on in those all-star games, Malone and McHale, everything. You wanted to see them battle the five best against the five best. And the, you know what? They played a little Shaq defense. Shaq and Akeem, yeah. Shaq and yeah. Akeem, of course. Even Larry Bird being there Kobe in Indiana. Jordan. Kind right. of, yeah, Jordan. kind of representing yeah. the city said, I hope they do a little competition on Sunday. It never, yeah. ever Never came to fruition. A couple of numbers just so people know in case you're waking up and were like us and didn't really pay attention. Dame Lillard ended up being the MVP, much to the chagrin of the hometown Indianapolis fans. They actually booed him when he got his award. <laughs> they wanted Tyrese Halliburton to win. Lillard, right. 39 points in just 27 minutes. Jalen Brown from the Celtics, 36 points in 22 minutes. Halliburton, 32.7 rebounds, six assists in 27 minutes. He also had 10 threes in the contest. And on the west side, Carl Anthony Towns, a 50-burger, KJ. 50 
in the All-Star yeah. game, 27 minutes. But again, who's guarding him? Nobody's guarding anybody. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, and that's the thing. He can shoot it from inside and outside. You know where my concern would really be is for youth basketball, right? If you're you're a kid and you're seeing this game, you're going to want to try these out in the games. And I would love to just – I would love to go to a couple of these just see some of these kids get their ass sat down, right? Just because Dame shot shot it from right behind half point and you tried it, yeah, try it again in three games, okay, because you're not playing in the next two. That's that's what I want to see is the correlation between this uncompetitive NBA All-Star game and some youth basketball kid in AAU mom has spent her last dollar and seeing that kid getting benched trying that same shot because of what I did in the All-Star game, bro, they're not even trying to defend. You want a scholarship. You probably need to defend. And and, and 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 work with your left hand. I'm sorry. That, that's, and work with you're your damn wrong. left hand. You're not wrong. Uh, the dunk contest. <laughs> the Saturday skills oh. competition. Mac McClung wins it again. He was minus 225 going into the contest. Has the contest, has the dunk contest run its course, KJ? I saw Sam Quinn, who's a guest of this show in the past yeah. week or so, NBA writer for CBS Sports, Made the point on CBSSports.com, there's really nothing left to do. We've seen guys jump over cars, jump over Shaq, do all these different things. Do we need to take a break from the dunk contest and bring it back in a few years? Has it lost its luster, so to speak? Oh, no. And Well, yes, it's lost its luster, but I don't think it disappears for a couple of years, and I think there is a solution. First, I got to shout out Jalen Brown, who kind of made – his dunk contest portion statements, right? People like the left-handed glove they thought is him making, you know, clapping back at people about his left. No, that's left-handed dribbling. No one said anything about left-handed dunking. That was about Michael Jackson, who's from Gary, Indiana. Those of you who think he doesn't do anything, there's the literal Jackson Museum is in Gary, Indiana. So that's the Michael Jackson. And, of course, the dunk for uh, Terrence Clark, the kid from Kentucky who was originally from Dorchester who died in a car accident a couple years ago. Um, Now, with that being said, I think by Matt McClung being a non-NBA player winning the dunk contest opens a window for NBA versus street. I believe if you bring street ball players into dunk to go up against NBA players and Matt McClung, look, you're not in the NBA too, so you're going to lead the NBA squad. You're two years in a row where if you can have street performers go up against NBA players in the dunk contest, now you have a potential embarrassment situation right like that we do it in relationships i'm going to embarrass you to show you how much i really care about you and i think that's what has to happen to the dunk contest we're going to have to embarrass you to show you how much this is supposed to mean to us right nate robinson is probably the genesis right he's like the change from bc to ad what when he had like the 20 straight missed dunks on the one attempt you know and after that everybody's like okay gosh We've seen some really great dunks not very long ago. Go back to the Zach Levine-Aaron Gordon showdown. That's not that long ago. That was a great dunk contest. But I think we're at the point now we need to start bringing some streetball legends, some guys, you know, do some (laughs) – I mean, they do it with American. If you could find a singer off of a corner in American Idol, surely NBA can find a guy at a court that's jumping over the – you know, that's taken off from, from the coach's line, you know. So I think that's what has to happen. Bring ball players that aren't in the NBA that are street players in a dunk contest to go against NBA players. 
Yeah, I like that idea a ton, and I'm sure you can find whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever it is. You got to know there are guys out there that are throwing their dunks up on video that they could go grab, bring these guys in. The question would be, would the NBA guys be willing to put their egos aside and go against these guys? That's the big question, because there's a lot at stake if those guys get beat. But, I mean, no shame. So that you can dunk, big deal. Doesn't mean you're an NBA player. There's a lot more that goes into it. So, Anyway, that was the wrap. But by the way, Damian Lillard, Lillard won the three-point contest as well over the weekend. Coming up next, we'll talk a little college hoops. Upsets all over the top 25. That's next. Go on, KJ Carson in for Chelsea and Jinx right here on The Daily Tip. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Yes, welcome back here. Bill Rowland, KJ Carson, filling in for Jinx and Chelsea. Jinx will be back tomorrow. Chelsea will be back on Wednesday, and then Jinx is out Thursday and Friday. It's a hodgepodge week, KJ. We're just the leadoff as far as this goes as spring training is starting. I guess I can start using some baseball terminology as far as that yeah. goes. I've got my fungo bat right over here if you want to do some pepper over here on the side. <laughs> really better than spring training videos that come out and people are like, look at this bullpen session, this guy. And you're like, <laughs> I mean, again, it's, it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like the all-star game where I look at stuff and I go, right. yeah, he's a professional baseball player. He probably yeah. should look pretty good in a bullpen session or there are some problems. It's like getting excited over boiling waters before you put the oodles of noodles in. This is what's supposed to happen, folks. You know, like, come on. Yeah, but we'll talk a little baseball a little bit later on the show. Let's jump, jump right in here. College basketball, big weekend of college basketball, including an upset from yesterday. We'll talk about that in a moment. But also some sad news over the weekend. And this one, you know, look, people pass away. Coaches have been around forever. We always see legendary coaches that, you know, that pass. This weekend, though, was a little different for me because I didn't know him, but I had had conversations over the years with him. Lefty Drizel, longtime mm. head coach, of course, started at Maryland, uh, excuse me, started at Davidson back in the 60s, took them to a couple of elite eights. He put Davidson on the map before Steph Curry mm. was even a thought uh, back <laughs> in the day. Uh, then went to Maryland and, of course, had the terrible quote that haunted him throughout his career when he said he was going to turn Maryland into the UCLA of the East and, of course, never even got Maryland to a Final Four, sadly. And then this tragic ending there with the death of Lynn Bias went on to coach at James Madison University. That's where I first personally ran across with Lefty, and then he finished out his career at Georgia State. But, KJ, he took all four of those schools to NCAA tournaments he won a ton of games at all four of those schools. Mm -hmm. He was a legend. And for those of us of a certain age, and I'll put you and I of that certain age, Lefty was kind of the guy that would sit there and especially in the early 80s was able to poke the bear with Dean and Krzyzewski down there in the ACC. He was the guy that wasn't straight-laced and everything. He was just going to sit back and tell like it was. And he grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, had that Southern draw. He was a character... In a game that doesn't really have characters anymore. 
Yeah, so at the very beginning of my career, I was working for a CBS affiliate in Greensboro, North Carolina. And at the time, I don't know if it still is, but it was the headquarters for the ACC. And so this would have been either lefties last year or right before the sanctions came. I do remember it was right before Walt Williams decided to stay for those who are real big basketball heads. So lefty, he's he's the foghorn leghorn of real life. He's the Southern character. Like you mentioned, he had he had taken Davidson to a couple of elite eights. How lefty Drizelle would have said it, son, I was Steph Curry before there was Steph Curry. And he said, see, in fact, Steph Curry only sees my winning up there and he adds to my winning. And so therefore, Steph and I are both the chefs of Davidson University or Davidson College or whatever you want to call it now. Still, I put it on the map. So he was kind of like that wrestling promo guy for these other guys, like you mentioned in the league at the time. Uh, what's the guy's name? He's at Clemson, but he's now at Tennessee. He was at Colin Clemson. Barnes. Rick Barnes. You had Dave Votum. You still had Dean. Lefty was in his last year. Shashevsky was now successful. And like you mentioned, Lefty was like, you know, all y'all. He, he, I, like, I know that if there is one thing, God rest Lefty's soul. If he was able to brag, if Len Bias was able to live and get to the NBA, oh, would he have poked the bear with Michael Jordan? Michael who? I mean, I know his name is Jordan, and he's a real fine fella. But have you seen what my boy Len is doing up there with Larry Bird? In fact, Larry Bird defers and gives my Len the ball, while Michael is hogging it, trying to save his team and doing all the work. Lefty was that guy. He was like a Dusty Rhodes-type character talking in your face, but backed it up. And, and the reason when you mentioned that he didn't get to Final Fours is a lot of people don't know before they went to the field of 64, if you did not win your tournament, you did not go to the NCAAs. And that happened to him a couple times with the Len Elmore teams and with the John Lucas teams. So, and this is before my time, but my dad would tell me about these. So they were like the the best non-64 preset when it used to be, I think, 48. They were one of the best teams in the league that you didn't see a lot because they didn't win their tournament because they were losing to North Carolina State and North Carolina. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that especially back, I want to say the 73-74 team that was number one for a little while and then lost, right. I want to say, a overtime game in the ACC That's title right. to David Thompson's NC State team that year. Yes. So, I mean, he had some unbelievable teams in Maryland. And, of course, I grew up here just outside of D.C., Northern Virginia, so a lot of friends that were Maryland fans. I grew up a yeah. North Carolina fan, so there was that kind of rivalry. Smart but man, when, yeah. he came, yeah, when he came to James Madison – and took over their program, I think, in 1988. I started school at George Mason, who was in the same mm-hmm. conference, a year or so later. And I can still remember the big rivalry games played there in Fairfax at what used to be the Patriots Center, now Eagle Bank Arena. And it was – you could just feel it in the building because it was a big deal because lefty was in the right. building. It didn't matter that it was JMU. I mean, that helped a little bit, but it was about lefty. And I remember as a college kid – working for the college radio station, going back and, you know, you do the post-game press conferences and stuff. And he, a lot of coaches wouldn't do this. And even today, right. there are a lot of coaches that 
will not talk to like the college kids. They want to talk to the regular reporters that may right. be there. He made a point, whether it was the kids from JMU or us from George Mason, to make sure that he stayed and took our questions. I always remembered and appreciated that from Lefty. Then years later, one final thing on Giselle before we get to the games. He, of course, coached the JMU, which was in the CAA. Years later, he had since retired. His last stop was at Georgia State. And the Colonial Athletic Association used to do a legends every year. Every school would put forth a legend uh, from their basketball time. David Robinson has been it from Navy, guys like that. So Drizel was the one that they had for JMU that year, and it just so happened to be the same year that they had asked me to emcee the awards banquet. So Drizel gets up there, and just like you said, KJ, he's talking about Len Elmore. He's talking about yeah. John Lewis. He's talking about Buck Williams. He's talking about all yeah. these guys that the kids that were on these teams, and this was probably around maybe 2011-ish or so. Right. They had no idea who any of these guys are. So Giselle's a great storyteller. He's going on and on. He's talking about how he started Midnight Madness and everything else. And That's finally true. one of the coaches yeah, absolutely true. Um, one of the coaches that was sitting down at one of the banquet tables kind of catches my attention. Blaine Taylor, who was a coach at Old Dominion at the time, another great storyteller of great storytellers, kind of looks up at me and gives me the little cut him off sign. He's going too long. I was like, no way I'm cutting lefty Giselle off. Afterwards, Giselle finishes. We're all kind of standing around up there, and Coach Taylor comes up, and he looks at lefty. He says, lefty, I thought you were going to take us all the way up to the noon tip-off tomorrow. He goes, you were telling a long time. He goes, these guys got to get going. And lefty <laughs> just looks at him, kind of hitches his pants up like he used yep. to do. Even when he goes, <laughs> well. Coach, and I wish I could do the voice. I can't. But he goes, Coach, uh, the longer I talk, the less you have to worry about where they are. I'm doing you a favor. That's lefty all day. Broke the room up. It was unbelievable. Yes, true story about him starting Midnight Madness. He was just trying to get some publicity for his basketball program and figured out, hey, the NCAA says you can start. This is it's no longer the case. But back in the 70s when he did this and George Raveling was his assistant coach and he gives a lot of credit to George Raveling for starting this as well. They decided, hey, October 15th actually starts at midnight. We don't have right. to wait until 10 in the morning, 9, whatever time. So he would take his team out, and they would just run a mile. That was the, It wasn't like an official practice. It was like, hey, the start of basketball season, my guys are going to go do their conditioning. And then it led to students going out and running it with the, with the mm-hmm. team. And then finally a full-blown practice where you used to have ESPN would be in North Carolina and Kansas and all these other places. And it was a total huge deal that probably – Probably hit its nadar in the '90s, I guess. Yeah, if you were both Carolina fans, the affection that we have for Dean Smith and Bill Guthridge, and even and Roy Williams as well as part of that family, that's how Maryland fans just no e- on the equal plane for for Lefty Drizel. I'm probably even even more passionate, right? Because there was no Maryland State to go up against Maryland, so it was Maryland, and of course those kids from Dematha that were coming up to play for him and everything like. He really, he really encapsulated, really the Maryland part of DMV. Even kids, even some kids from Virginia coming up, because to play for Lefty Giselle, that's literally the dividing line. It was like Dean Country, and then Lefty Giselle was right next door. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. So tough, 92, a hell of a run, 786 all-time victories. They, again, took all four teams to an NCAA tournament, which is a remarkable feat. All right, let's get to what actually happened on the hardwood over the weekend, KJ. Yesterday, huge upset. I can't believe this one. Ohio State fires their coach on Wednesday, and then they <laughs> knock off number two Purdue on Sunday, 73-69. The Buckeyes were plus 320 on the money line. They were getting eight, the under 149 hits. What do we make of Purdue? You were telling me before the show you had some ideas. Tell me about what you're thinking about the Boilermakers now. So I watched this game like because there's no football on. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Ohio State-Purdue, and I continued to watch it. And what I noticed, there was a – for those who watched the game, especially if your money was tied to it, it was about a three-minute segment where there's an over-the-back by Edie that's not called. Then immediately after that, Edie clearly bodies a guy, bumps him out of bounds, there's no call. So I was like, this is very interesting because that's clearly two fouls right there on one play that don't that doesn't get called. Later in the game, and they even discussed this, Edie gets stripped by bringing the ball down too low. And they said, and they even mentioned, you could hear it, you heard the leather slap. That's how you can tell that it's not a body slap, but you hear the ball slap and you hear a bing. And that's why they didn't call the foul. And Purdue just unraveled after that. So I noticed, I said, wait a minute. Purdue has beaten impressive teams like Arizona. They had a really good win against Illinois. We'll see what happens when they play them again here pretty soon. But their three losses are in the Big Ten. And this is what I want to say from a handicap perspective. They're going to blow the whistles against Purdue. This is what's happening, is the Big Ten officials are not just saying, because you're Purdue, we're going to blow, we're going to hold our whistles. But once you get into tournament time, other officials may kind of hold that whistle because there's a superstar there. So I would be on the lookout to see, especially once Purdue gets into the games that are in domes, right? These early first-round games that are in your regular coliseums, I, I, I'd say, you know, they're good. But once they start getting into that space, that bad shooting situation they had last year, their desperation move is to suddenly do everything through Edie and hope to get fouls called. So if they've got a Big Ten official crew during the tournament, when they're in the when they're in a dome situation, I may fade Purdue in the tournament at that point. That's an interesting, interesting thought because, yeah, you're right. The the familiarity with officials and how teams play and what they try to do, obviously, and, and officials won't do it on purpose, but there's going to naturally be a little bit of a bias when you're used to working with certain coaches, certain players, you right. know what they like to do. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. That is definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward here for Purdue, who's trying to probably pull what Virginia did a few years ago, losing the first round as a number one seed, bounce back, win the national title the next year. We'll see if the Boilermakers can do it. If they do it, they may have to go through UConn, because right now, I tell you what, the defending champs, KJ, they are smoking people. 14 straight victories, and they demolish number four Marquette over the weekend. UConn 81-53, to almost a 30-point drumming. (laughs) Huskies were minus 330 on the money line, covered the minus seven easily. The under 147 hits in this one. What are you making of the Huskies of UConn? Dan Hurley has them blowing people out. I'm so impressed with Dan Hurley just because I grew up around the Hurley boys. Their father was a legendary coach. and But I didn't see this coming from Danny. I, I If you told me at that time, I would have thought that Bobby would have consistently been the conversation 
and that Danny might have been a guy that really got into the executive business world, right? But yeah. I think because of that leadership from his father and being able to see what Bobby went through as a high-level player, I think that we are now seeing the future of – we just talked about the big coaches like Lefty Giselle and Dean Smith and Roy Williams. Man, Danny Hurley is going to be moving through this at the speed like of an Andy Reid. This guy's going to win probably five national championships in a 10-year span. Like Ooh. as Gino Oriyama is walking out the door – Danny Hurley, I think he gets to three in at least six, seven years. So uh, you, what they did to Marquette was nothing to sneeze at, right? This is, this is something I didn't expect to see, the, the, to be this dominant. It wasn't close from jump. And when you have your kids playing like that, and this is something even goes to parenting, right? with a lot of noise that goes on with social media and all these other different things and wanting to be seen and everything, if you teach kids the fundamentals and knock faces down, you'll go far. And this team's they're going far. Yeah, they are definitely rolling right now. Again, a Division One, 14 straight victories, longest winning Ooh. streak in D1 right now. All right, coming up next, a record-setting performance in the final round of the Genesis Invitational. Tiger doesn't even make it to the weekend. We'll talk about that next right here on The Daily Tip. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to The Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Yes, we are back Monday morning here on the Daily Tip. We're all JJ Carson filling in for Chelsea and Dick. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a President's Day. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you enjoyed your weekend. Again, we talked about the first weekend without football, so now we got to start looking. Candy, hey, dude, we're gonna have to find things to gamble on this week because <laughs> you have to turn to hockey or you have to turn to college basketball because the NBA doesn't come back until Thursday. Thursday's the next wow. NBA game. So we well, got three I, days. I wonder if more action is moving towards women's college basketball. I don't want to make this a women's college basketball segment. I know we'll talk something about some stuff with Caitlin Clark later. But yep. you it, you have at least a few teams that – because it used to be like, okay, UConn minus 6,000. You know, like, But now you've got more teams that you might say, hey – and plus, if you, I don't know if you saw this – but I think this was the week when there was no football between the week between the Super Bowl. I think that Mar that was it the Maryland, uh, the the Nebraska Iowa game had a higher rating than the NHL game did that day. Right. And so when I start to see some of that, I'm like, okay, when does money start following? Because now you know that people are watching, people are getting intel. So. I, you know, you throw that into the mix, you know, and look, the way that they play at South Carolina, you got a good villain. You know, you wonder, like, you know, when does it, when does the, the streak end for them? So, yeah, you, you need more things. Do we have bocce ball available potentially to bet on some Italian bocce ball? <laughs> I'd love that. I mean, I'd love to be able to bet on bocce I like, ball. I like, I, I like Luigi. I like Luigi to win the third match, you know? <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing is, and and again, I don't know, maybe it's because there aren't any big games today in the women's schedule, but just going to BetMGM right now, and again, it varies by state because every state has right. different rules, but 
there isn't a game for me to bet on. I can bet on the futures. I can take South Carolina to win the national title at plus 110 right. if I wanted to. I'm still getting plus money. I'm actually looking at that, KJ. I may, may have to do that a little bit later on during there one of these go. breaks. It's yeah. still plus money. But that's the thing is, is how quickly will Vegas kind of catch up and start giving you lines before the NCAA tournament, before the conference tournaments, on women's college basketball if there's a demand for it. And and I'm sure out in Vegas you could probably do it at the books. It's just online right now, at least at BetMGM, you can't find those. You can't find a game to actually put a couple bucks on if you wanted to. Yeah, I think that would change over time. And I think you know, if you get eight solid teams, then at least you could have some return, some, some spinning money that's going on. You'd probably have to say that each conference – would have to have each of the major conferences would have to have at least two teams that like you would have to feel like, Hey, South Carolina could lose to LSU next week. You'd have to have that type of feeling versus, you know, day to day, you won't be able to get it. Cause you know, South Carolina versus our lady of assumption. I mean, what, right. what's the money line of that? You know, like, well, here's the other thing. This is where you can have fun with these games because sometimes these games can be such a blowout. Like, do you take the over of 140? <laughs> you know, on a team that might only score 38 points. You know, this is kind of the fun part that you could potentially look at. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and we've seen some of those big giant spreads. I mean, we've seen 20-plus point spreads in the men's game. That right. People will still, will still lay. And I guarantee you, when we get to the NCAA tournament, you're going to see a spread of at least 20 points, I would imagine, in some of the early round games. The Plus 37 and a half. <laughs> and no, no, the women, it's going to be just as bad. South Carolina will go in as a number one seed, and whoever the 16 seed is out of some other smaller conference, especially right. if there was an upset, it's going to be a 35, maybe even a 40-point spread, right? See, that's uh, why you, that's why you might gamble that, right? Because you're like, okay, I might take that other team to cover the plus 35 and a half, right? I might lay South Carolina. Honestly, <laughs> there you go. Right, so it'd be crazy. It'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So let's we'll, we'll talk a little uh, women's college basketball a little bit later on because Jay Williams had something to say about Caitlin Clark, but we'll do that in the next hour at seven forty. We'll get into it, but we got to talk about the Genesis Invitational on the PJ Tour from the weekend and Hideki Matsuyama. Unbelievable. Record-setting nine under par, 62 in the final round. He was six shots back. He ends up winning it by three over a couple different golfers. What did you take away from Matsuyama's impressive performance? He was one shot off the overall course record. The nine under par, the best final round mark ever at Riviera. Look, when you're hot, you're hot. When you see, when you fill out your scorecard correctly, you see that you're like, man, Man, I don't like. I'm sleeping with my irons tonight. You know, I'm like, I am, I am hugging my wedge. I'm laying next to my putter. You know what I mean? Like, no phone calls to dinner. You know, it's sitting right next to me, like my my bag of balls and my hat. You know what I mean? Because when I warm up tomorrow, this is. Remember, you saw us at dinner last night. Look, you know that's the crazy thing about golf. Like, you're tempted to say, "Man, do I roll with Matsuzama next week?" But or. Are, are you going two time zones over and playing in a course in the Midwest? Right. So that's, that's kind of the fascinating thing is like, just because you're hot this week does not mean you're hot next week. And now you might be in the top 10. I think you'll see a top 10 when you're shooting that hot, 
you feel like, okay, I got a top 10 game to take with me next week, but let's wait and see. So, man, good on him and and, and his caddy right now. Like, I, I know he's probably like, man, next time you come to town, <laughs> have me again. I'll be with you, you know, so good on him. Yeah, great run for him. And Will Zalatoris, who finished three shots back at minus 14. I don't feel bad for him. Friday, no. he had a hole-in-one <laughs> from 184 yards out. Gets both him, and you talk about caddies, him and his caddy come away with new cars for hitting the wow. hole-in-one. It's a pretty good they, weekend. You finish second, and you get a car. Yeah, it's a Genesis, so that's cool, yes. right? You know, but, uh, you know, now if this was like the Cadillac Invitational, you probably believe that par three is probably at about 240, right? You know, like, like, I'm sorry. I'm so I'm sorry. Sure just, <laughs> car. I'm sure they just, they probably just sat there and just tore up that check they were offering up to the company. Stupid KJ. No, but look, a hole in one is a hole in one. And um, I'm sorry. I just, did I really car shame there? I, I apologize. But, well, yeah, look, a hole in one is a hole in one. And, uh, and look, the caddy is probably like, I, I told him, you know, like, look, you probably want to go with the six instead of the seven. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story you tell for the rest of your life. And and you point to the car outside that proves it. Right. Right. You just go, yeah. <laughs> All because I said hit the six. That's it. Yep. That's what I got. For that. That perfect. A couple other random stories from this weekend in this golf tournament. And right. unbelievable. First off, let's get to Jordan Spieth, then we'll get to Tiger. <laughs> Jordan Spieth, in a great foreshadowing by you when we were talking yeah. about Matsuyama, and you say, yeah, you go and you sign the right scorecard. <laughs> exactly what happened to Jordan Spieth. He signed for a three on a par three when he actually shot a four. Left, oh. and I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, left an area where once you walk away, even if you go, oh, shoot, it's official. It's too late. It's done. Yep. Signed an incorrect scorecard. Jordan Spieth dumped from the tournament. That's how it works, people. I saw so many people on social media saying, that is so dumb. It's like, nope, that's why you stay in the clubhouse. You, you see, God, now you see our friends doing it like they're, they're some type of professional, but they're sitting in the way I golf. I call it a seven in a day. It doesn't matter whether it's a par five or not. Okay. So, but you have to have an exact scorecard and it makes it worse when you're under, when you undercount yourself, that's what makes it worse. So if Jordan Spieth went up there and said, ah, oh, I had a five instead of a four. Yeah. You still get disqualified, but there's, there's some honor, right? But you're like, oh no, nah, man, I, I parred that hole. <laughs> Bro, right. no, you didn't. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. You know, so that makes it worse. And that's why they say you cannot, that's what PGA rules state. You cannot leave the clubhouse with an incorrect scorecard or you're disqualified from the remainder of the tournament. So now, look, we're talking to a guy who's always got three digits as his final score. Always. I haven't broken 99. And breaking 99 would still be a huge accomplishment, right? So, yeah, you have to have that thing spot on. And keep in mind, we're not asking you to remember all four rounds. You just have to be correct for what you shot today, and then you can leave. So, Jordan Speed, I, I don't know what slipped your brain. They're not going to do that digital either. That's the other thing. People say, maybe it should go digital. Uh-uh. Well, we're going to have digital leaf removal if it's in right, front of your right. ball. You know, like, So, no, you got to fill that thing out right. 
It's it's just a tough thing. And I mean, clearly he didn't do it on purpose. He wasn't trying to cheat. I don't think he right. at, at any level thought that he was going to get away with like maybe if I just put a three, nobody will notice. Of course they're going to notice. Everything's recorded. Wait, wait a minute. But if you know if you went par or you didn't, you know what I mean. That's the whole thing about par. Is your head right at the waterline, over or under it? And that's yeah. the thing. If he if it was a par five, and he put down a four instead of a five, and he had shot a par, I would have a little more sympathy. But on a par three, I'm, I'm sorry, on a par four, and you put down that you shot a birdie. Come on! No, no, he, he put down. It was a par three, and he put oh, down that he shot a three oh, when yeah. he shot four. Yeah, it was on a you, par three. How long was the hold? Does anybody remember, baby producers? I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. But if yeah, it's like, still, yeah, still, I mean, it's three. It's a three-shot hole, bro. Yeah. Real, real quick before, before we get to uh, before we get to the break, Tiger ends up shooting a seventy-two one over. Had a tough time with his back on Thursday, and then Friday wasn't feeling well. Flu-like symptoms pulled out of that. Didn't finish the round. Didn't make it to the weekend. Probably wasn't going to make it to the weekend anyway. I mean, it's great to see him back out there, but KJ. At some level, I almost feel bad for him because he can't do what he used to be able to do. It's almost sad to watch sometimes. Well, all great things come to an end, and maybe maybe you're, if you're Tiger, you take a year or two off and then come back and join the Seniors Tour. But I know the PGA needs his name recognition and his brand value so bad that they'll be like, hey, we don't want to lay up next to Tom Kite, man. Like, we need you out here with these young guys. So, yeah, I, I, I you know – It'd be interesting because you, we still need to see Tiger make it really through all four rounds, and that's been more of a rarity than anything else. Yeah, and that's going to be the tough part. I guess the next time he's going to have the opportunity, obviously their their you know tournaments coming up, but it'll be the Masters is going to be the next one when everybody says, "Okay, is Tiger back?" We'll see how that plays out. All right, wasn't a lot going on this weekend, but we still have to pick an MVP here on this Monday. We will do that next. Bill Rowan, KJ Carson in for Chelsea and Jinx right here on The Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.